Welcome to Introverts Own Your Voice. I'm Johanna McLeod. And I'm Tom Marcoux. And in this episode, we're going to be sharing with you how to warm up your relationships. That is, warm up your business relationships, warm up your other type of relationships, personal relationships, even warm up your relationship with an audience. Let's say you're giving a pitch. Let's say you have a startup company or something like that you want to raise funds. Or if you want to just warm up a speech. Now, Joanna, we were talking about this before we recorded this particular broadcast. When do you feel that trying to warm up a relationship or you know, maybe adding humor or something like that can be tough for you as an introvert? If I'm trying to warm up a business relationship, it can be kind of sticky sometimes for me. Tell me more. Well, I, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. And I just, I worry about my presentation of my whole being. Hmm. So, so you feel if you were just trying to add a little humor or just warm it up or, or just add, add some more friendliness to it that it might be interpreted in a way you don't like? Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this. What's the safest way to introduce humor? The quick answer is when you use humor that is against yourself. You have to be very careful about using any form of humor that is against anybody else, any group, any situation that's outside of you because you don't really know what the person feels about something. Even if they say certain things and you're trying to flow along with them, you got to be really careful. It's one of the things that one of my mentors said that you may be talking to somebody who swears a lot. They may not even notice that they swear, but it doesn't mean that they like swearing coming out of your mouth. Now, as a speaker, it's interesting because I've had to let my MBA students know that I don't swear in a public setting, or usually, because it makes it easier to be invited back. Certain situations where if you're on the stage, one time I almost fell off the stage. I, <laughs> and if I had the habit of swearing, this is what I, I said. I said, oh, that was exciting. You have more skills than I do. <laughs> well, it is important to notice that our habits that we have in our regular life can bleed over into our on-the-stage life, too. Exactly. But the thing, though, is that I can get into humor if I say it against myself. Now, you have to be careful about that kind of humor because you don't want to beat yourself up in front of an audience. That was my next question is how much... It sounds like you're really going for self-deprecation. Yes. And how... Where's the line on that? Well, I'll give you an example. This is when you're inside the line, although this seems like it's a little extreme. So I'll start off a workshop on pitch with extreme confidence, and I'll say, so I'm at Sun Microsystems, and I'm speaking for 20 minutes in front of the audience, when suddenly from the back of the room, my assistant waves and gestures, zip up your fly, zip oh, no. up your fly. <laughs> so I nod to her, so that she stops moving frantically. Mm -hmm. And then I say to the audience, I've just been given some important information. I'll be right back. And so I step right off the stage. I go out the back door, zip up. I come right back. And I say to the audience, for those of you who know what just happened, okay. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what just happened, good. <laughs> so that's a little bit of self-deprecating humor. It doesn't mean that... I'm not an expert about pitch with extreme confidence, 
but it shows that I'm human and that I have a sense of humor about myself. Ah. Now, if I said some self-smashing things like, well, I won't even say it. Let's say somebody else would say that they are stupid in certain situations or they, they think that they are dumb about X or Y or something like that. That was my concern. That's crossing the line. Mm -hmm. But human things. I didn't lose my IQ points when I had a difficulty with my zipper being down. I have a phrase. I said I was the clown with the zipper down. Mm -hmm. But that warms it up. We're just human beings here. We, we make errors. But what we need to do, and this is what I say in my Pitch with Extreme Confidence workshop or speech, is I, and I gave that one to Stanford entrepreneurs and Silicon Valley founders, that, mm -hmm. that group, is that I'm showing that we're all human beings and what we really need to do is learn how to recover. I call them recovery methods. Oh. And so that's what you saw me do, uh -huh. is that instead of freak out, you see, if you don't freak out on the stage, then your audience doesn't freak out. They think that they're in good, safe hands. And so I just said, oh, I received some important information. And so I handled the situation. And so I didn't come across as that I was all flustered. Because if I get all flustered, then the audience feels uncomfortable. Yes. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Yes. So I have another question. Mm -hmm. What do you do if you mess up on that humor? I mean, what if you take it too far? How do you recover from that? Well, if you cross a line, you say, oh, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was. Mm -hmm. So let me show that again. That's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was. But anyone who works with humor, and for about two decades, I, I've actually I've, for over 18 years, I've been a professional member of the National Speakers Association. And the thing is, anybody who uses humor from the stage, some of your bits of humor are not going to work. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you have to be ready for that. What do you do? Well, for example, one time I was speaking to hundreds of people. I was at De Anza College in California. And I was speaking to hundreds of people and I said something. And then I think I said, to illustrate something about stress, I, I used the metaphor. So that'd be like Captain Kirk saying, Spock, raise our stress shields. And I didn't get much of a response. I got a little mm. chuckle or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And so then I said, well, I guess that's for the Trekkies. Mm. I, I got a bit more of a response. Mm -hmm. And then probably what I did, because I'm aware of this, I said, uh, actually, the correct term is Trekkers, because that's what real fans of Star Trek. I call myself a Star Trek enthusiast. Mm -hmm. See, that, that kind of thing. So all of that stuff is about not getting flustered. That's my problem. Okay, I'm with you. But the other thing, too, is that if you are doing a piece of humor, you have to leave space for the laugh. Sometimes it takes ah. people time to get into the humor. What if you just end up with silence? Well, this is how I take care of the thing about... A lot of people are terrified saying, does anybody have any questions? And it's dead silence. Mm -hmm. And so instead of being worried about that, I just say, oh, well, this is good. People are thinking. Mm. You see, so I don't look flustered. It doesn't bother me that there was silence. And, mm -hmm. and then I'm ready to say this. Well, while you're thinking about this, I have a question for you. Mm. Or I'll toss in a question. That's very good. You see, so the whole idea is that if you are going to use humor, you have to be having ways to get out of it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ways to get out of it is, for example, if I do a bit of spontaneous humor and it doesn't go the way I prefer it to, mm -hmm. then I do a pantomime where I hold my palm and I pretend that I'm writing with a pen saying, never connect those two things again, ever. <laughs> 
Now, this is a classic thing that the comedian Eddie Izzard uses. Yes. So what I often do is after they laugh, then I says, okay, well, that was a classic thing that Eddie Izzard uses. Because I, I don't want to take the material from somebody else without mm -hmm. giving them credit. Yes. Because I am an author. I mean, at the moment, I've written 45 books. I want people to give me credit for what I write. And mm -hmm. I want to give credit to Eddie Izzard. He's, he's, in terms of certain structures that he uses for humor, I really appreciate what he does. Tom, I have another question. Should you put humor at the beginning of a speech or pitch? The short answer is for most of us, no. Mm -hmm. Because most of us are not trained as comedians. Now, if you're Ellen DeGeneres, it's your job to be funny, so you've got to open with some humor. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that any humor divides your audience right away. Ooh. You could lose 50% of your audience right from the start of your speech. Oh. So. I like to put humor into a story. Mm -hmm. So you heard part of the opening j just in our broadcast now mm -hmm. of when I speak on Pitch with Extreme Confidence. I open with that. Mm -hmm. What it does is it warms the audience up to me, but it's not really a joke. It's a story. Oh. And many of us are not that good at telling jokes. Let me mm -hmm. give you an example of what's a, a joke. So. You got a situation here where there's a big flood and there's a gentleman and he gets to the top of his roof, his home, and a boat comes along on the flooded water, comes mm -hmm. along and says, mm -hmm. get in the boat, we'll save you. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, no, the Lord will save me. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, all right. And so they just go on. And so now the water keeps on coming. It's up to his waist. Another boat comes along. Mm -hmm. Get in the boat. We'll save you. No, the Lord will save me. You're all right. And they, they go along. Mm -hmm. And now the water is up to his neck. Mm -hmm. And overhead is the helicopter. <laughs> Grab the rope. We'll save you. No, the Lord will save me. Idiot. <laughs> no, anyway, that, that's an ad lib, okay? But, but anyway, the helicopter goes away. The water keeps coming and he goes and sees the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he says, Lord, why didn't you save me? And the Lord says, I don't understand this. I mean, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> That's a classic joke. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing what I did with it is I added to it, like the helicopter sound. The, the, mm -hmm. You know, I added that. And then that other little bit I added to it was that idiot. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Some people can tell jokes and some people don't. If you're so nervous and you mess up the joke, mm -hmm. At the beginning of your pitch or your speech, you're dead. Yes. Because you just lost 75% of the people. Mm -hmm. So unless your name is Ella DeGeneres, don't open with humor mm -hmm. as a joke. You might be able to tell a story and then have some humorous parts, but it's a story so that if it doesn't work, the humor part, you still told them a story. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the story, you definitely need to tell them the point. The reason why I shared that with you, uh -huh. or my point with that story is, mm -hmm. so that we understand why. So now let's bring this together. I think we can summarize. Actually, I have one more question. Oh, okay. Out of all of the things that we've discussed, mm -hmm. what are the main points for an introvert that you would want people to remember? Well, the first thing is that I, I want you to be really aware of this advantage that we introverts have, is you like to think it through, what humor is going to be. Depends on the situation. For example, we have in the neighborhood a cat. Someone has this cat, and, and the cat's name is Baxter. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Baxter has a front. <laughs> 
because he's always running away. Oh, no. So I call him Butt Baxter. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> that's the only part I get to see of him is uh -huh. rear end. Uh -huh. You know. Now, I can use that comment in certain contexts, like particularly with friends, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or if I've been working with some people, let's say I have different teams that work with my company and things like that. And so I can use that in certain situations if I know that people like cats. Mm -hmm. But if you have a cat joke, you better have a dog joke, too. Mm. It's interesting how... Now, some people say, oh, I like them both. But there's a lot of people who have a real tendency to like either cat or dog. How do you tell when something is more visual or auditory joke? Well, that's a good question. I mean, the, the main thing about using humor is you want to practice it. You want to try it. So if you have a bit of humor, try it on your friends. Try it on family members. Be careful, though. Only try it on people who won't shoot you down. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like you take that into your body if they shoot you down. So you might say, oh, you know, I have a couple of ideas or stories that I want to just, you know, play around with. Do you have two minutes? Can I try this? And you do that with a warm person, a person who is not someone who's going to say, ah, oh, you tried that. Well, that didn't work. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you don't want somebody who actually will tear you up. Mm -hmm. Some family members are totally not the right people to practice material with. I have a few of those. The thing is that we want to make sure that we have good, easy practice audiences. I watch stand-up comics on Netflix to see what they do and to feel their timing. And this is good. If you want to work with humor, it's good to feel people's timing and that kind of stuff. The thing is, before they do a Netflix comedy special, they're going around the country in small nightclubs trying out the material. Mm -hmm. Long ago, a gentleman named George Carlin, he would work all year. And then at the end of the year, he would record 14 different HBO specials. Oh, man. And he did develop his material over a time. Mm -hmm. And then when it was go time, for the HBO special, he knew what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. So you got to test the stuff out. Okay. Now I think we can summarize. Of course. And the, the thing that I want to bring to the, the attention of all of us introverts is that we got two things. One thing is in our favor. Think it through. So we can think through what are the topics that we feel comfortable talking about. I feel comfortable talking about humor, about cats, dogs, romantic relationships. I feel comfortable about that. But certain types of humor... I don't feel comfortable with and you have to be totally committed just mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. in acting or, or particularly in humor mm -hmm. and if you can't do the bit of humor because there's a little bit of embarrassment inside you mm. stay away from that okay so think it through mm -hmm. that's the thing that we introverts do well the other thing we have to be aware of is that put your humor in a story like the one I shared about 20 minutes in front of the audience at Sun Microsystems and the zipper down that mm -hmm. that's a story so yes. that that put the humor in a story. And then finally, we have to be aware of that we as introverts, we want to be accurate. We want not to make mistakes. We want to always look sharp and intelligent. And the thing is, if you have that thing that I was talking about earlier about ways to get out of the silence when a bit of humor doesn't work. Mm -hmm. For example, there's a bit of humor that worked for me at IBM. I don't know what I'm going to say next. And so I said, I need to pause for a moment. My brain needs more RAM. Mm -hmm. Now, at IBM, that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And I used the same comment over at Silicon Valley Bank and silence. Oh, no. And so I said, okay, well, I think that was more for IBM mm -hmm. or something like that. I can just have a comment mm -hmm. and just move on. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the venue. It, and context mm -hmm. and practice. Mm -hmm. But I don't look like it's the end of my world because one bit of humor didn't work. Mm -hmm. If you always want to be perfect, and that's 
could be a challenge for us introverts. We want to be accurate yes. and perfect and always succeed. And to warm up a relationship, we have to realize that being human and making appropriate okay errors mm -hmm. is fine because we're not trying to fulfill some fictional image. Mm -hmm. I always feel good that when I work with people that I'm not trying to fulfill a fictional image of like being a guru, you know, someone who is never gets upset or never has an off moment or never has a bit of humor that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so it's great because I'm more of a facilitator. I'm a guide. Mm -hmm. I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. I help people mm -hmm. in the moment. In fact, I often, much of what I do is I help people with what I call the, oh crap, I'm stuck oh. moment. I think we all have had quite a few of those. And that's the point, is that if you can bounce back, then you're good. And that's that's the think it through part. How are you going to bounce back from any bit of humor that doesn't land? One of the things that we do well as introverts mm. is have that dialogue with one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. And when you're doing that with one person on the left side of the audience, and then you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone in the middle, and a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone on the right side, then you're including people. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. really can warm up. And that's been the whole point of our time together. Now, in closing, you can find us at getthebigyes.com. I'll share that again. Getthebigyes.com. We'd also like to share with you that we have an online course called The Introvert's Formula to Get Clients. We do this a couple of times a year. The next one is scheduled to run January 2019. And we'd like to say that... Remember... Introverts can show their best self with strategy. Take care. Thank you. Be well. Bye.